built by Mountain Barn Builders. This is the High School Playbook. We enter week two or round two of the TWSAA High School Playoffs. Two teams eliminated last week, Monterey and DeKalb County. We'll catch up with both of them, and then we'll catch up with your five teams still alive. Clay County, Upperman, York, Cookville, and Stone Memorial. All of that and more coming up on the show. One thing of note, I do only have so much time, folks, so want to rem- recommend everybody go back, listen to the podcasted form of this evening's show. I will have the full interviews, 7, 8, 10, 11 minutes uh, worth of content from each coach. Uh, I will have that in the show, so make sure and go back and check that out. Uh, But, of course, each coach, I can only give about five to seven minutes uh, on the show to make sure we get everybody in so that you get to hear from each and every one of your favorite coaches and you get to hear from your maybe opponent in the case of Upperman and Stone or you get to hear uh, just from maybe one of your rivals or a good friend, so on and so forth. So make sure to go check out ucsportsnation.com. It'll go up on the UC Sports Nation page on Facebook as well. Make sure to check out the podcasted version of the show. Without further ado, let's take a quick break, come back, and we'll get her started. We will begin as we like to always here in Cookville with the Cavaliers who stay alive but go on the road to Riverdale this Friday night. We begin right here in Cookville on the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders with head coach Taylor Hennigan and the Cookville Cavaliers, who came away with a big win in round one, hosting Siegel at Eddie Watson Stadium last week. Now they go on the road to a place all too familiar to Cavs fans and probably familiar to fans across the state of Tennessee. The Riverdale Warriors will welcome the Cookville Cavaliers to Murfreesboro and they will do battle not unlike they did for many years back when they were in the same region and the same district. In fact, head coach Taylor Hennigan proud of his team from last week's win, but knows the challenge that sits in front of them. Coach, obviously you celebrate a, a playoff win here at home. It's a great time. You love that, but you got to turn the page uh, fairly quickly, especially considering you guys are going on the road uh, to a perenni- perennial power in Riverdale. What was the, the vibe, the attitude uh, around the guys? Uh, you guys have obviously been a team that's responded really well in these sort of situations the last you know several weeks. Yeah, excited to to win the game. Um, you know, a big win for our program, obviously, a big step for kind of getting back to to where we, you know, where we want to be. So, it's a step towards the goal, you know, obviously it's it's part of, you know, the process of getting to um, you know, where everybody's trying to get to. So, uh we we've, you know, I thought just the reaction to the win was um really mature from our players. You know, they enjoyed it, which I told them to. Um, and, and we understood how, how big of a win that was. But, you know, it wasn't a sense of, um, you know, relief or, or completion of the season. It was just another step to, to hopefully reaching another goal. So uh, very pleased with that and had, had a good start to the week so far. What are some of the things that the Cavs have to get better at this week? Where does Cookville kind of concentrating on yourselves improve this week? Uh, biggest thing defensively is just pre-snap um, communication and execution. We we probably hurt ourselves defensively more before the ball was snapped than we did after the ball was snapped. And, you know, just communicating and, and making sure everybody's on the same page and, and you kind of take that for granted. But, 
just some very simple things that our kids knew what to do. It wasn't a, it wasn't a case of not knowing. It just, you know, lack of, um, you know, detail or a lack of intent and communication with each other. Um, so that was the message for, for our guys early in the week was we got to improve pre-snap. Um, obviously, post-snap, there's always some things. But we really, in my opinion, we gave up seven points because of a pre-snap error, not a post-snap error. Uh, and that's something that we can't afford to do versus versus Riverdale. No, certainly cannot. Uh, I don't believe it's a – it would be a tough way to state that this is the toughest test that you guys have had so far, as good as Mount Juliet and Gallatin and Lebanon are. Uh, you know, Riverdale can sort of be a different animal. Before we get to what makes them so good on the field, how do you just kind of first and foremost make sure that your team doesn't get off the bus and almost lose the game just because it says Riverdale across those guys' chests? Yeah, I mean, that's a part of it. I th- I think, honestly, that was more of the case when I played, you know, 15 years ago. It was it was Riverdale winning all the state titles, and, and certainly they've had success since then, but not at the level that they did then, you know. So, you know, Oakland has kind of taken that, that mantra here in the last whatever decade, you know. So certainly there's a lot of history there, and, and they're a team that most of our kids probably know about and, and kind of know that history, but – um, you know, hopefully for us, we understand where we're at. We're here for a reason, and we've got a chance to win the game. I mean, Cookville beating Riverdale in the playoffs is not unheard of. I mean, it's happened, and, and we've got coaches that are, were a part of teams that, that won playoff games against Riverdale and things like that. So certainly um, a really, really good team and a very well-coached team and extremely talented, but, um, you know, not – an unthinkable win, not a, not something that we feel like is impossible. So a good challenge that we're going to have to be ready to play really well. But um, it'll be about that. It'll be about how we block and tackle and take care of the ball and all that stuff. It's always about that stuff. Well, how do you block and, and tackle and, and take care of the football? How do you guys put points on the board against a, a really talented team? Yeah, I mean, a clash of styles, to be honest. It's it's our power run game and, and – kind of ball control offense versus the spread and uh you know I wouldn't go as far to say air raid but it's it's uh you know they've got a capable quarterback that can make all the throws so um obviously uh, you know the blueprint is to try to run the football and and keep their offense off the field as much much as possible but um you know to say that it's going to be a low scoring game or a you know something that we're going to shut them out or or keep them to seven or ten points is probably not realistic so you know, special teams are going to play a big part of the game. That's always the case this time of year, um, you know, to make sure that we're sound there. Um, defensively, just try to, you know, continue to do what we've done, be creative and, and mix up our stuff and, and hopefully keep them off balance. Um, and, again, offensively, run the football, take care of the ball. Um, and we've got to take advantage of, of third and fourth down opportunities and, and red zone opportunities. Um, and that's all coach speak, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, we've got to be able to, to move some people on, on both fronts, um, and then tackle in space, which is a lot easier said than done. So hopefully tackle by committee and and rally to the football. Final question here. You mentioned it right there. It's a clash of styles. So how do you go about preparing your defense for maybe something they haven't necessarily seen a whole lot of this year? 
Uh, and then maybe just going back to that mentality and stuff, how do you talk to your defense about, hey, listen, you're probably going to give up a play. They are going to score. We just have to limit them and take advantage of opportunities when we get them. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, the stuff that they're doing as far as formations and, and some of the stuff they're doing is not completely foreign. Um, you know, we've we've played more maybe more complex um, schemes and some teams that have done some different stuff. But So we've got some experience with the, you know, the three-by-one and empty formations with Stone and Green Hill and mm-hmm. Wilson Central and – you know, other teams as well. But, um, you know, this is the schematic part of it, but then there's the, the personnel part of it. You know, the three, four, five skill guys they've got that um, are capable of, of big plays and, and guys that they use at the tight end position that do a good job. The running back, who in my opinion is really good, but overlooked a little bit because of the, the passing attack. And I haven't even talked about the quarterback yet. So, <laughs> Um, you know, the, the stuff they're doing is all very, very good stuff and, and complex route stuff. But um, as far as our, our guys knowing what to do, I don't think that will be the issue. You know, we're going to have to just make sure that we play sound fundamentally and, and, you know, like you said, limit the big plays and tackle in space. They may not be the Riverdale of old, but you still got to tackle in space. Still have to pay attention to your fundamentals. You heard from head coach Taylor Hennigan right there as the Cavaliers prepare to go on the road with coverage beginning at 640 on News Talk 94.1. It'll be the Cavaliers and the Warriors. Cookville visiting Riverdale. This is the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Colin Castleberry back with you on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. What do you say we stay in Putnam County, speak with a team whose season came to an end last Friday night. Monterey and head coach Scott Hughes went on the road to Fayetteville, attempting to do the same thing they did just a year ago against Hampton, but came up just short against a very talented team. Head coach Scott Hughes discussing last week's game and what this team and these seniors have meant to him. Coach, it really seemed like you guys were able to compete uh, for a lot of that ball game, how proud were you of your team's effort two-plus hours on the road at Fayetteville? I, you know, I was extremely pleased uh, with our effort, with, with our actions and our attitude. Uh, you know, it was one of those games where a lot of people didn't give us a chance, and uh, we went down and competed. Uh, you know, and, and hats off to Fayetteville. They, they made a few more plays than we did. Uh, and, and had a couple more explosive plays than we did, and and I really think that was the the you know the final uh, dagger, I guess, was just you know a couple of explosive plays, and uh, you know with the speed they have, uh, they they were able to to break a play or two, and and we weren't. Uh, but overall, uh, pleased with our guys. We you know we were in the game, and uh, we we had some chances, and that's all you can ask for. What was your message? Uh, to your team, not just after the game, but I know you were able to have a, a team meeting uh, earlier. What was your message to your guys uh, here as the season came to an end? Well, you know, it's something that we've, we've preached to them and we've told them, you know, numerous times, but really just reiterated, uh, you know, post-game and, and through this week, uh, you know, how much we care about them, how much we love them. Uh, you know, we, we really set our program culture to be more than just wins and losses. Uh, that, that we want them to know that, that we're here for them, uh, no matter when it is, no matter what time of day it is. And, uh, you know, for our seniors, uh, that, that they're a part of our legacy. 
and that we hope that that, can, that, that relationship continues, that they always have somebody there for them, uh, and that we would start working on, uh, you know, graduation and, and plans after graduation and trying to help those guys figure out what they want to do next. And for our underclassmen, uh, we're going to take a little time off and, and kind of heal and get away, and, and then we would start the offseason back up. But, you know, one of our key points is that we love them. Uh, that, that they're great young men, that, that we're proud to be affiliated with them, and uh, that they always have somebody in their corner if they need it. Yeah, one of the things you don't necessarily get to talk about a whole lot during the season, because uh, you're talking ball, you know, week, wins, losses, uh, strategy and scheme, things like that. You don't get to talk a whole lot about uh, what you just got done discussing there. So I'll just ask, because I've wanted to ask for several weeks, where does that come from? Where does that kind of idea and philosophy that you want to build young men, uh, you want to be with these guys for all time, turn them into great husbands, great fathers, as you've talked about, great members of their community. Where does that come from for you? I, you know, um, it, it started a long time ago. I, I had coaches, you know, Coach Scott Cook and Coach Jerry Joslin, uh, you know, invested in me as a, as a player and, uh, you know, really big role models in my life. Uh, and that was some of their philosophies and, uh, you know, kind of we, we've taken it, you know, with us to Monterey and uh, kind of put my own spin to it. Um, and, and my assistant coaches, Coach Norton, Coach Lazenby, Coach Snap, um, and, and previous coaches have, have all uh, bought into that philosophy. And, and for us, you know, we, we're going to be demanding. We're going to ask these young men to put a lot of time and effort into it um, but they, they want to see the reward, and the reward is success on the field. But also they, they want to be loved. Uh, they, they want people to care about them. And, and in today's society, uh, sometimes that's difficult. But, but, you know, to me, I think when you develop that relationship and you have that strong core belief of that relationship, um, you're, you're going to be able to get more out of a young man or are you going to be able to get more out of a program because there's a genuine care there. It's not an individual piece. It's not a me. It's a we or, or however you want to word it, cliche it. Um, but for us, it, it, it's, you know, it is a true care. Uh, we want guys to know that's in our program. We're there for them for as long as they play for us. Uh, we want to develop that relationship, that care that they know there's somebody there for them uh, when they need an ally, and, and that's kind of where it comes from. Uh, we don't differ from that, um, and I, I think when you look at uh, some of the successes that we've had uh, over the years, it, it really boils down to the relationship. It boils down to they know as coaches we're going to give them everything. Uh, we're going to expect them to, to in turn give a great effort, and, and that relationship is, is strong. They, uh, they want to be there. They want to develop relationships with their teammates. And, and so when you talk about being a family, um, you know, there's times when, when that dynamic really holds true for us. Uh, you know, like any family, there's ups and downs. And, and you know, being in a, in a football environment, being in a locker room is no different. There's ups and downs. And, and so that's kind of where that, that comes from. You and me have talked about, you know, what is this senior class going to be remembered as? How are they going to be remembered uh, before? So I'll phrase the question slightly differently. What did it mean to you guys as a coaching staff, and what do you think it meant to a lot of these, uh, you know, underclassmen and, and juniors to be able to put this senior class in the playoffs, to be able to send them off with an extra week 
with a playoff trip uh, when at the beginning of the season, as you and me have discussed several times, nobody, uh, especially externally, gave them any shot at doing that. Well, you know, you start with your underclassmen. It was huge for them to be a part of it, um, to see the work that went into it. Uh, you know, and, and there's things that they'll they'll probably, you know, want to do a little bit different. Uh, but that's with every underclassman group. Uh, to be a part of a group, though, that, you know, was, was really an underdog for our underclassmen was huge. For our seniors, uh, I, I'll never forget being on the bus when it posts that, that we were in and the reaction that those seniors had to tell them that they were in the playoffs. Uh, you know, to, to see the, the work that they had this past week because it did mean something to them, and, and it meant something to them the whole season. Uh, you know, they, they had to really overachieve, and, and they really put the time in. Uh, but this senior class, you know, there, there's little things that to a lot of people, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes unspoken, but – Going back to the relationship piece, um, the conversations Friday night, you know, for us as coaches, the the conversations that we have with these young men every day, but Friday night was just different when your seniors are leaving and they hug you and they, they tell you that they love you. Um, you know, that, that to me resonates a whole lot more than a win uh, because everybody's happy when you win, uh, but to see that, that relationship, to see that care when it doesn't go your way, it's pretty special to me as a coach. Head coach Scott Hughes, Monterey Wildcat football. Coach, you always uh, take a few weeks here and, and get the honey-do list, spend some time with the family, of course, and, and so much more. But it feels like very quickly you kind of turn the page and you, you get started, you get set up for an off season and getting ready for next season. How excited are you already when you begin to look at the amount of guys you were able to get significant experience this year, uh, and then they are going to come back next year with all of that knowledge and experience. Oh, it's huge and and really exciting. Um, you know, we're going to try to get away from it a little bit uh, just for for a few weeks, and uh, you know, like you said, spend some family time. And uh, but our guys are excited. You know, we've already got a group that after a day or two, they're already wanting to be in the weight room. They're wanting to get back after it. Uh, so we're having to temper that a little bit just so that they can heal and, and refresh. But, uh, you know, really excited about what we what we return. Um, you know, we, we saw growth in a lot of positions uh, throughout the year. And, and, you know, there's some young guys that really showed a tremendous amount of growth on our scout team uh, that maybe didn't get a lot of playing time on Friday night. But we're sitting there watching them every every week, and we're evaluating them, and and they've they've piqued our interest as well. So super excited about that, but uh, don't want to get too far ahead. Uh, we, we know we still want to enjoy a little downtime, and and you know celebrate this senior class with our banquet coming up, and and then we'll flip the page over uh, at, at the proper time. Monterey Wildcat head coach Scott Hughes. It's been a pleasure all year to get to talk with Coach Hughes. Uh, He has been obviously such a huge help here in my first year doing football in the Upper Cumberland. Cannot wait to see what the Wildcats can be next year. You heard him talk about it, right? The young team with a lot of guys returning who got a lot of experience this year. Next year could be a special year once again uh, up on the mountain for Monterey. 
Right now, we turn our attention to a team who faced Monterey earlier in the season and now faces their biggest challenge yet. Head coach Bruce Lamb, the Clay County Bulldogs, when we come back on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. To Salina we go to talk with head coach Bruce Lamb and the Clay County Bulldogs who get ready to go on the road to what is possibly the number one team in the state of Tennessee regardless of classification. Bulldogs face off against the Pirates of South Pittsburgh on Friday night in South Pitt on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. We now welcome in Bulldogs head coach Bruce Lamb. Coach Lamb, uh, we talked to you on Saturday and, and celebrated a, a really good victory, a, a kind of a not so much a come-from-behind victory, but a game in which you guys were really able to to clean it up at the half and come out and kind of dominate in the second half. This week, though, uh, you know, it's going to be a totally different ball game. Can't beat yourself not one time if you want to walk away with a victory against South Pitt on the road. We'll talk about them in a moment, but just what has the attitude around the team been like coming back to practice this week, uh, knowing they're four days away from going on the road to play what is arguably the number one team in the state? Uh, it's, been, it's been great so far. You know, the kids have come with excitement, uh, knowing that we're in the second round, and we get the opportunity to play the number one team in the state. And, uh, you know, a lot of times kids go in there and, and people go in with the expectation of being intimidated. And, and, and you know, I, I don't think we have that right now. Um you know, I could be totally wrong, but that's not what I feel right now. I feel the kids are uh, uh, ready to go play and, and to see what we can do. And, you know, it, it's it's going to be a hostile environment. And, and uh, you know, it, it's something you might as well play them right now. You're going to play them sometime. So, you know, it, it, we're going to play play them or you know, third round, second round, what, whenever. So, you know, let's just go, go, go down there and see what we can do. What does it say about your team? And, and what do you enjoy about being the head coach of a team? Uh, that doesn't seem to be intimidated by a team like that, an environment like that. They seem to be almost welcoming the opportunity. I, I love it. Uh, you know, last season, you know, we had such a good run, and and uh, you know, I think that really helped with these guys uh, uh, the maturity and that they're coming out and with this kind of attitude and um, you, you know, and, and just uh, hitting it head on. And and you'd love to see that because you know. And when they go through life and, and, and they get older, they're going to do the same thing. And uh, you know, I'm sure there's a little thing in the back of their mind saying, you know, what if this happens? What if this? But you know, it's one of those things that we just hope that uh, you know it carries on through the through the next few years and and, and the rest of their life. Well, obviously, there are going to be some great players on the other side of this matchup uh, at South Pitt. And again, we'll talk about them momentarily, but we got to concentrate uh, for a minute here on your pl- your best player, or at least one of uh, your best players. Talk to me about uh, you know your quarterback who has surpassed 2,000 yards on the season, a Clay County history mark there, but also... Uh, has found a way to come up with, you know, seven, six, seven interceptions in a single season on the defensive side. Uh, it's a special player. Well, uh, Nate is a special player, and and he has uh, really shined this year, and, and and you know has grown each week uh, with it with the way he plays on the offensive side of the ball, and you know I think he's the first player in Clay County history to throw for two thousand yards. And I think he's got twenty touchdowns and. Just had a phenomenal season throwing the ball, um, uh, and you know, defensive side he has a, a eleven interceptions in, in this season. So, 
uh, you know, that's a school record also. And, and, you know, he comes up big and, you know, he's our lockdown guy, uh, at, at corner and, and, uh, you know, just, just, a, he's a special young man and has done a phenomenal job this year. And I'm, I'm excited about being his coach. 11. Well, so sorry, Nate, if you hear this or when you hear this, that I under, <laughs> that I undersold you, my young man. I'm so sorry. Uh, look, on the other side, there's going to be several Nates, right? That's what makes South Pitt so incredibly good, so, uh, talented and certainly why they've gone undefeated this season how do you kind of step up to the plate on Friday night what do you guys have to do to slow down a team full of guys who uh, we may very well be seeing play on Saturdays at some point yeah they've got a lot of those kids and and uh, you know we're going to go do what we do and and hopefully we're going to make those kids line up and and uh, and huddle up uh, on the offensive side of the ball and uh, you know, not give us the big plays and, and, you know, make them have drives against us, uh, drive it down the field. And then offensively, you know, we want to get the ball and we want to control the ball and uh, control the time uh, trying to keep their offense off the field. I mean, you know, as long as they don't have the ball, they can't score. Uh, and so, uh, and that's one thing that a lot of people have done against them this year. Um, they'll get to a certain point, play pretty well in the first quarter, and then all of a sudden they just kind of let down and uh, they take advantage of it. And, and uh, you know, that's something we can't let them do. There are a host of things you can't let South Pitt do, but that is certainly number one on the list. Head coach Bruce Lamb, Clay County Bulldogs, as they prepare to go on the road to South Pittsburgh on Friday night to face off with the Pirates. And we will have that ball game. A special bonus game for you this week on 106.9 Kicks Country. We'll have the Bulldogs and the Pirates coverage beginning at around 6.40 or 6.45 with myself on the call. Looking forward to that one right now. It's the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. The high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. We go from a team looking to get back to the 1A state championship game to a team who looks to go one game further than last year and make it to the 2A state championship game. Head coach Derwin Wright and the York Dragons, after an undefeated regular season, ran and rolled their way to a big-time win last Friday night in Jamestown, did not attempt a pass against Eagleton Academy. They will have to attempt some passes to defeat Oneida this Friday night, a team they have now gone on the road back-to-back years and faced in the regular season, and now they welcome Oneida to Jamestown for the first time in several years. Head coach Derwin Wright will speak about that and a whole lot more uh, you get a big time win last Friday night. Uh, you're feeling good. Everybody gets to celebrate. Now you got to turn the page uh, for another big one, a rematch, uh, I believe, from earlier this season. Just what was the attitude like around the guys coming back on Sunday and Monday, uh, knowing that they've got another challenge in front of them on Friday? Well, they knew they knew that when we went over to oh, not earlier in the year that defensively they played us really well. We 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 ended up. Ended up scoring 28 points, but that was not tell of the game. It was a closer game than that. Uh, and our, you know, and our, our defense really had a great game over there. They helped them to no points, but uh, it's a uh, they're they're a challenging team. They're a young team. Uh, they have as the seasons went on. I, I just when I watch them on film, I think they're a very improved team. 
from the other side, from from your perspective, how does it change how you uh, kind of coach the guys up during the week, the kind of adjustments you guys make when you have familiarity with a team and you know they're kind of familiar with you? It's not a first-time uh, kind of matchup on a season. Well, you know, you talk to them about the first game and the guys that they were lined up across from, and, and, and you tell them go back and look at film and try to see tendencies and things like that. And then, uh, you know, you look at areas that you struggled at, and, and that's our focus on practice this week. Uh, knowing that, you know, both teams will probably, you know, are going to make adjustments and throw different things out, and then it, it comes down to, you know, the guys, can they make those adjustments during the game and uh, and uh, adjust to what, what they're doing? Uh, and that and that's the big key during the game, you know, the adjustments that are made. In a situation like this where you are facing a team for the second time and you guys had to go to them earlier in the season, how much of a benefit is it this time to have them in Jamestown for the second matchup? Well, we, we've, we've played them the last two years. Both both years have been at their place, so we, it'll be nice to, to have them at home. But, uh, you know, they're really close to us. They're just across the gorge from us, about 40 minutes. And, uh, you know, it's uh, going there, there'll be a big crowd. Both teams will have a big crowd. And, uh, you know, it's going to be an exciting night of football. And, uh, you know, I, you, you look at them and, and you just, you know, they're big. Uh, they're they're athletic. Quarterback's a good football player. He, he reminds him and Miles got a lot of the same tendencies. And uh, you know we just got to uh, be excited about the game and want to move on because you know we all know playoff time. It's uh, you got to win to move on. It's one and done. One game seasons, absolutely, coach. And you mentioned yep. you know the the things you guys are concentrating on in practice. Things you've got to clean up. What are some of those things that you look to clean up this week? I know turnovers is one that uh, we've put a heavy emphasis on the last several weeks. Well, we challenged them last week, and we said, you know, we don't want to have any turnovers on offense, uh, no no dumb penalties, and let's get some takeaways, two to three takeaways on defense. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, you know, we uh, we didn't turn the ball over. Uh, we had uh, two interceptions for touchdowns and another fumble recovery. And uh, you know that, that that that's that's when you see scores like that. The other team made the mistakes, and I said, you know, we can't keep surviving if we make those kind of mistakes. So I was proud of them. That, that was a good game for us, and we're going to challenge try to do it again. Head coach Derwin Wright, York Institute Dragons football coach. We've talked a lot about you. You've kind of mentioned a little bit about them throughout the interview, but. Now let's look directly at them. What does Oneida do that you have to key on? What are some of the adjustments you've seen them make as a team throughout the season uh, that you guys have to key on? Well, the big offensive line, good good quarterback, as I mentioned, a good hard-nosed running tailback, uh, throw the ball. Uh, you know, they're, they're one of those teams that uh, they uh, they can beat you on the back end. You've got, you've got to do a good job in the secondary. Uh, we've got to get pressure on the quarterback. He's he's a dual threat. Uh, he's one of those guys that when he when he when he gets flushed out of the pocket, if he finds a seam, he can he can go. He, he's a good runner. So uh, you know he's a he's a challenge to prepare for. Dragons head coach Derwin Wright not wanting to undersell what a challenge Oneida will be on Friday night, despite the fact that the Dragons are undefeated. Oneida believe now seven and three or seven and four. Uh, on the season 
uh, before postseason play. So a good one happening up in Jamestown. If you're not going anywhere else, might not be a bad idea to head up that way and catch some dragon football for one of the final times in Jamestown up on the mountain for York this season. I'm Colin Castleberry. This is the High School Playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Before we close out the program with two coaches who will face each other on Friday night, time to talk with head coach Steve Trapp. The DeKalb County Tigers had their season come to an end at Red Bank last Friday night. It was a hard-fought game, a tough ball game for the Tigers uh, when you consider the injuries that they suffered uh, in the first half, 6-14 to go in the first quarter, Malachi Trapp goes down. Uh, you know, they have a their middle linebacker goes down about halfway through the second quarter, uh, and it just really kind of gets out of hand or got out of hand, that is, uh, for them with what they sustained. That being said, a hard-fought ball game nonetheless. Uh, head coach Steve Trapp joining us now. Coach Trapp, uh, I think we have to start at the obvious moment right there in the first quarter, 6.14 or so to go. Uh, Malachi goes down with, you hate to see it, with an injury that obviously was uh, going to take him out of the ball game and, and take him away from the team. Your team after that certainly at points moved the ball well, but do you feel like that was kind of a turning point, unfortunately, a little early in the game? You know, it was. You know, I think that was there where, you know, we had just uh, went for it on fourth and short uh, and, and picked it up. Uh, you know, we had a fake punt in there also and stuff. So, um, you know, but we were kindly moving it and was able to execute on some of those short-yarded situations. And, you know, he's the one guy that we've had all year long that can kind of be a difference maker uh, and things like that. But, uh, you know, it did turn out that he broke his ankle. He'll be doing having surgery uh, tomorrow on that ankle. And then you know, we lost a couple more guys there shortly after that, you know, so after halftime, it was almost like we was playing with a, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of young guys, you know, had to come in there, but, you know, we battled, uh, you know, the first couple plays defensively got them in third and long, then give up a big play. And then, uh, you know, had them or they had to, you know, fourth and short to score and had an opportunity to tie it up at seven, seven, just to see how the mojo was. But, uh, you know, the injury started piling up on us a little bit, and, uh, you know, it all culminated from there. Certainly you guys played pretty well defensively at times, but what were they able to do uh, with their speed, kind of getting to the edge and, and, and finding uh, you guys kind of maybe breaking contain? I think they did a pretty good job of, you know, you know, formation us a little bit to get, uh, you know, the numbers to the short side of the field and then, uh, have an advantage of being able to bounce it outside to the field. And, you know, we didn't always, <laughs> excuse me, fit it correctly, you know, so part of that is on us not doing it right. But, uh, you know, we wouldn't even have been in that situation if it wasn't how our defense had played all year long. And like I said, at times, especially early on, you know, it was it was 14 nothing at halftime, you know, so our defense battled. But, uh, like I said, coming out at half, with, you know, we, we lost Will Ferris also there in the middle of the second quarter with a shoulder injury. You know, he's a four-year starter on both sides of the ball. Makes a huge difference when he's not in there. So, uh, you know, being able to get a cleaner edge uh, with somebody different in there, that was a big part of it also. You know, it's it's not excuses. It's just facts, you know, so it was a rough night for us. On the other side, though, you mentioned, you know, young guys getting in, getting experience there in a hostile environment in a playoff game. What did you like from your younger guys, some of your less experienced guys going out there and in a lot of ways making a lot of great plays, just 
obviously couldn't come out on the uh, the W side of the game. Yeah, definitely. You know, we we've had a handful of sophomores that's been starters for us all year long, and uh, you know, hopefully they just kind of get a, a better understanding of the process that we've went through all year long, and then the type of environment that it comes to when, uh, you know, even going back to when we had to win to get in, uh, you know, just the type of environment that it has to be. But, you know, I think the biggest lesson is, you know, we just don't want to wait till that scenario plays itself out to, to be at our best. You know, we preach to them all the time when you put a helmet on, then it's, you know, you've got to have that mindset and that it, you know, it could be your last play, last game, whatever. And, you know, they are teenagers, so typically they don't buy into stuff until it actually gets them. And, uh, you know, and each and every year, it's 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 a sad thing because you've got a group of guys that's that's poured a lot into your program and and, and meant a lot to to us personally as coaches. That you know now their careers are over. So uh, we'll take a few weeks here to kindly breathe and relax and catch up on some honeydew items at the house. But after that, it'll be uh, you know getting ready and preparing for next season. You started to talk about it right there, and I want to give you a chance now to just kind of bring up what these seniors have meant to this program, what they've meant to you as a head coach, and what maybe made this senior class special in comparison to other senior classes, because I know there's always each class is a little different. Well, it is different. Uh, you know, next year coming back, we've got a very small senior class. This was one of the bigger ones we've had, uh, and some guys that's had a lot of experience and you know, they were able to keep, uh, you know, things rolling somewhat. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, the legacy that they that they leave behind is what's always going to be the special thing, which I set every senior class down in January, day one. And, you know, I tell them straight up, you know, you, you just had a senior class leave in front of you. You're fixing to be that group. What did you like about that group? What did you not like about that group? And then make sure that when you leave the players that are left behind, they can say that they enjoyed playing with you. So, uh, we also talk about, you know, serving others and, and all that types of stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, yes, we wish we would have won more football games. They probably wish they would have won more games. But uh, if there's one thing that they can take from this program that's going to help them be a better human being down the road, then, then I think we've had a successful tenure with those guys. You look the other way at what maybe is going to come back next year, what you are going to start working with here in you know a month, a month and a half or so. Uh, how exciting is that, knowing how many sophomores you played this year, knowing how many young guys you got out there in critical situations, whether it was against White County or Red Bank uh, or even Upperman there in the final week of the season. How exciting is that? as a head coach to know you are bringing back a bunch of guys who this year got all of those uh, snaps and experience? Well, I mean, each and every year, I mean, that's the challenge, you know, and the guys that we do have them coming back. And I mean, like I said, a lot of them were younger, especially up front on the offensive line. We've got a couple skill positions that were freshmen and sophomores. So, uh, you know, to see their potential uh, growth from, you know, what they gave to us last year to what they can what they can learn more on. And, again, having that understanding of the day-in, day-out task and work that it takes to be at your best. Uh, and then also I think a big thing is just the physical maturity that you know a lot of times you really don't see until after that sophomore year. So I'm really excited to you know get them in the weight room and get that process going and then just – uh, and also for them, I mean, they've got a year to where they figured out how we do things, but then being more physical, bigger, faster, stronger, uh, how it makes the team even better, you know. So um, it's always a challenge starting anew, but 
uh, it's a challenge that always gets us excited because one of the biggest things I learned, you know, early on as a coach is that, you know, every season takes on a new life. And, you know, that's how we kind of approach it. So no matter what we did accomplish or did not accomplish the season before, we, we wipe the slate clean. Uh, we start from scratch and we get after it. So that's what we're excited about. Head coach Steve Trapp, DeKalb County Tiger football coach. Before I let you go, a question that you don't necessarily get to ask somebody in the middle of a season, right, or as the preseason is leading up to the season. You're, you're talking football. You're talking on the field, practices, things like that. But I, I'd love now to, to ask you, you've spent all season talking to me about molding you know, young men and, and making them great great husbands, great fathers, great members of their community, things like that. Where does that come from for you to, to say, look, we love to win football games. We love to be a great football team, but I want to make great men out of these, uh, these young, these young guys. Well, I mean, uh, it, it comes from my faith. I mean, that's, that's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, when I first got the head coaching job when I was 26 years old, it was, you know, hey, I, I'm, nobody's going to outwork me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And, you know, I got humbled very early and very quickly. You know, I was a junior pro coach. I got the job here at 26 years old. I knew how to work hard, but I didn't know how to coach football, especially high school ball. So it wasn't until I realized that, you know, I couldn't accomplish anything unless these guys were at their best. And so my whole focus, uh, you know, and I've always been a part of a church and, and, and things like that, but uh, you know, just really had to do some self-reflection and have an understanding that, uh, you know, I really need to live up to the three Fs, and that's faith, family, and football. And there were times in my life to where, you know, football was first, and, you know, that's when we wasn't winning any games. So, uh, and, and part of my faith is about serving others. And I get to use football as a platform to impact these young men's lives. And like I said, they might always not like me, uh, but I hope somewhere down the line they understand that we love them greatly. Uh, and the reason why we go at them the way we go at them is because we have a positive uh, mindset that they can be better people. And that's what I tell their parents in their orientation is that, you know, as long as the coaching staff and the parents are in the same boat with a goal to create better human beings, uh, then we shouldn't have any issues. Uh, you know, so that's ultimately what it's about. And if we keep that at the forefront, I just wholeheartedly believe that winning football games will take care of itself. One more question before I let you go, Coach. I, I just keep thinking of stuff to that I, I, I want to make sure I, I ask you. But, uh, you know, I mean, again, something we haven't necessarily put a concentration on because in the middle of a season you don't want to. You want to talk about the guys and, and the play. But no one's under the impression that, you know, it's Steve Trapp and two of the guys on this team are Briz Trapp and Malachi Trapp. Just what does it mean to you to, to get to coach up uh, family? It's a lot, but like I told those guys day one, you know, uh, you know, my grandfather took a lot of pride in our last name and, you know, wanted to make sure that he had a work ethic and treated people the way they needed to be treated to make sure that our name wasn't disgraced in any way. And I can remember that my dad telling me that too, you know, so day one telling these guys that, uh, you know, I understand and some of the community understands that we do share a last name, but uh, make sure you don't do anything to embarrass it. Uh, but the other thing is when they walk under the archway and enter this football complex, that last name don't mean a whole lot to me. Uh, you know, it's the old saying, you know, it's more about the name on the chest and the name on the back when it comes to the football team and the program. You know, so they got nothing extra than anybody else couldn't have got simply by doing hard work and going through the process and doing how it's supposed to be done. Uh, but I do think that they did a good job in representing 
know not only a, a, a person with the last name of Trout, but also a person that plays on the DeKalb County High School football team. Head coach Steve Trapp, DeKalb County Tigers coach, I've appreciated uh, getting to talk to you all season. It's it's really been a pleasure and an honor, and looking forward to here in a couple of weeks starting back up for a new campaign. Hey, definitely. I just want to say thank you also, just uh, you know, giving me the opportunity each and every week to you know kindly highlight our guys and our program and and the, and the philosophies and the culture that we try to build here. You know, so it's. It's all about impacting people, and like I said, we get to use football to do it. So, uh, and just I, I learned also a long time ago that part of building and sustaining a high school football program is having outlets in the media like you guys and all the others that give us the opportunity to do that. So, a huge thank you to you also. Certainly, a lot to be excited about. If you were a Tigers fan, young talent that showed up and showed out this year. You graduate a good amount as well, so anything could happen next year at DeKalb County for the Tigers. Thank you to head coach Steve Trapp for joining us all season. It's uh, really it's a pleasure to get to talk with him. Uh, and again, folks, want to remind everyone that was not the full interview. There are a couple questions that I just did not have time to 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 get in uh, with Coach Trapp after speaking with him earlier this week. It was such a pleasure. Make sure to go back, check out the podcast uh, for, I guess, what you would call bonus content, bonus uh, questions with Coach Trapp, uh, with Coach Hughes from earlier from Monterey High School, uh, and several others. This is the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Colin Castleberry with you on the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. We close the show out with two segments and two coaches who will face off against each other for just the second time in three weeks. On Friday night, Stone Memorial goes back to Baxter looking for revenge after they fell behind 14-0 before the offense ever touched the field and then fell behind 40-plus to nothing at the half. Not the way the Panthers wanted to come into what it was at the time, an incredibly critical ball game, obviously, but now they get a shot at redemption, a shot at revenge, and we will begin with the visiting team and head coach Derek Samber talking about their game, of course, at a House of Horrors in Hickson last Friday night, and now returning to a different House of Horrors in Baxter this Friday night. Uh, this is something that you knew was possible, uh, obviously, after those last couple weeks of the regular season, but it is here and upon us, a rematch coming up on Friday. You celebrate a big win over Hickson, no doubt, took the weekend, I'm sure, and, and enjoyed that, but what was the attitude around the guys? What was the vibe kind of uh, as they came back to practice, knowing that they get another shot at the Bees on Friday night? Yeah, I mean, they're excited, Colin. Uh as much to still be playing and competing and, and have earned the right to, to still be practicing and, and have a game the second week in November. Uh, but yeah, certainly an opponent we're familiar with and one that uh, got the better of us the first time around. I think our kids are excited about an opportunity to, to have a little better showing than we did last time. Certainly, if anyone uh, who watched that game or, or listened to it or, or knew it really knows anything about it knows that before your offense ever stepped on the field, you were down 14 to nothing. How did that kind of affect you, and how do you think you can, you know, things will be different this time around, hoping uh, that that obviously doesn't repeat itself? Well, Upperman's a good football team, and they're hard enough to beat without any help from, from us, and we certainly gave them a lot of help the first time around. So uh, we've got to limit mistakes, limit turnovers. Uh, we got to tackle better this time around because, um, you know, they're a good, talented football team in their own right without <clears throat> us helping their cause. 
just in general, kind of what is the difference when you go about preparing for a team uh, that you just saw three weeks ago? You're familiar with them. They're extremely familiar with you as well. Is there kind of a difference in, in how you prepare uh, versus maybe somebody you haven't seen all year? You know, I don't know about that, Colin. You know, uh, this time of year in particular, certainly preparation is huge, but it comes down to ex- execution, right? I, I think uh, our kids would tell you they weren't unprepared the first time around. We just didn't execute. We made too many mistakes. But um, Upperman did some good things in that first first game, and uh, we've certainly prepared and tried to make some adjustments for that. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to come down to execution. We know we'll have our kids prepared, and, and it's a group that takes pride in uh, how they get ready mentally and physically throughout the week. Obviously, anyone who, uh, who who heard from you, you know, over the weekend, heard us talk to you, or get the chance to talk to you Friday night and Saturday morning, uh, knows that uh, Nick Osmond obviously went down with a bit of a, a ba- you know, had a little bang up there on the lower body injury. Uh, he he put some weight on it after the game. Uh, certainly not asking for you to give me any kind of indication as to you know he's going to or is not going to play. Not at all. But just how is he kind of progressing here early in the week? Well, you know, if you ask Nick, first of all, Cohen, he says he's playing. Uh, it's his ankle, not mine. So um, that's about all I can work off right now, you know. And Nick comes from a great family. His dad's on staff with us. Uh, his mom is a great woman. And I know they're taking care of him and doing all the right things to get him as close to 100% as he can be this Friday. We've talked about him and several other guys on this team all season, but i, I got to ask again, I mean, what does it mean to you as a head coach, and what do you think it means to this program and this team uh, that your your leader, your quarterback, is the kind of guy who, who says, I'm going, I'm playing. That's just, it's going to happen, bar none. Yeah, that's Nick. Um, he, he, it's so funny because he's, he's kind of a soft-spoken kid. He's not a real vocal leader, but uh, because of that, when he steps up and says something, everybody around him listens. And the toughness and the way he's laid it on, his line, on the line for his team for 11 games now, um, they've got – or he's got their respect, I should say. Um, and, and certainly when he speaks, they listen. It, and it's an example to the rest of our kids, right? You know, if, if our quarterback's willing to do this for our team, uh, why shouldn't I be willing? And so really proud of Nick and the kid he is and the example he sets for the rest of our team. All right, now we get to look at your opponent, the Bees, coming up on Friday. You mentioned it. They're a really tough team to beat, really tough team to, to you know, com- kind of compete with for four quarters, even when you don't help them out. Where do you guys – uh, key on what do you have to do? Uh, obviously, besides not turn the ball over and and give them extra opportunities. Yeah, you know they're uh, again a talented football team defensively. I don't know that they've given up more than fourteen points in a game, Colin. I'm trying to think if somebody scored more than fourteen. Um, and then offensively, they're really big and physical up front. Uh, tight end and fullback are physical kids. Uh, that running back number twenty one is is a load to bring down, and then. Um, really more so than ever, uh, they've, they've got a dual threat element at quarterback, a kid that can beat you uh, in short yardage, he can beat you in the read game, and then he can beat you throwing it uh, over your head. So, uh, you know, they're a very balanced football team without a real weakness. Um, like I said, we're just going to have to come out and execute and limit mistakes to, to give ourselves a shot. Nobody's saying you got to play flawless, but you do have to do a lot to, as Coach just said, Give yourself a shot. The Stone Memorial Panthers will visit the Upperman Bees looking for revenge and redemption. 
on Friday night. We'll talk with B's head coach Adam Kane in our final segment of the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Our final segment of the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Colin Castleberry with you, and we're joined now by head coach Adam Kane, who will face off with an all-too-familiar foe in the Stone Memorial Panthers, who visit the Bees on Friday night in round two of the AA Class 4A playoffs what a game we're gonna have on sports radio we'll tell you where to find it and what time right now though we catch up with coach kane coach kane uh, you, you celebrate around one victory a big one at that but obviously turning the page now we talked last week about how much you loved your team's response coming off an undefeated season into the playoffs how have you uh thought of your team's response after round one knowing they've got a rematch with stone memorial coming up in four days yeah uh you know it's been it's been pretty business-like uh for the first two days of this week um you know it's a little different when you've played already played someone this year um you know it's it's almost like the the film session on Monday is almost like a you know review of the of the game because we you know we spent a pretty good amount of time uh, looking at stuff we could fix and correct from the first time we played uh, you know it wasn't but three weeks ago I don't think and um, you know we're expecting uh, them to come in and and. Uh, you know, really try to get after us, and and so you know, we 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 kind of know what what to expect from from that standpoint. You know, they're going to be extremely motivated and and uh, have something to prove. And um, you know, the biggest thing in in playoff football is you know getting yourself into the game and and making necessary adjustments and. Um, you know, so that's kind of what we're, you know, working our way through right now. Um, but, you know, we, we understand they, they've got really good players. And, um, you know, they they uh, dug a hole last time, got themselves in a little bit of a hole with the turnover, turnovers. And so, it, uh, you know, we're expecting a really competitive game. Um, and uh, you know we've got to do the best we can to contain the quarterback and the and the number thirty four, um, the running back. And um, you know they do a good job of getting number one uh, the ball and number twenty five the ball. And so you know that's kind of been our focus. Tuesday is a defensive day for us in practice, and so that's kind of what my mindset is today. Um, and uh, you know it's it's uh, it's going to be a good matchup. Hopefully, it'll be a big crowd, and and the weather will hold off, and it can be a really uh, uh, neat environment for these kids on Friday. Making the adjustments when there is such a familiarity with the other team, how does that play into your adjustments that you make going into a game, and obviously during a game uh, when you're going up against somebody that obviously you're extremely familiar with, but is also uh, more familiar with you yeah uh you know that's a good question um you know there is uh somewhat of a familiarity there uh the one thing about you know the stone team and the coaches over there is uh, for sure they've got a uh you know a big 
huge volume of offense. Um, you know, if you look at the last three years since we've been in this region, um, they've attacked us or tried to attack us in a bunch of different fashions. And so, um, you know, the tough thing right now during the week is, is trying to figure out what we think they might try to do. Um, you know, but there's so many different ways they can go about it. Uh, you know, last, last time we played, they, um, you know, before they snapped the ball on offense, they were down two scores. And so I think they, uh, kind of went into their, their passing game mode a little sooner than he wanted to. But, you know, the previous year they were played a lot of three back offense against us, which is, um, you know, something that they've gotten to, uh, over the last two years. So, and, and then there's a lot of stuff in between all that. And so, uh, you know, the, the hard part for us right now is, uh, you know, when you're dealing with a, with an offense that can go from a, from a three back set to an empty set and everything in between, it's what do you do to get your guys ready for the, you know, for the fight? And I, and I think, um, uh, you know, I think of, you're going to have to be, have them ready to, to, um, face anything like that. And a little bit of three back, a little bit of two back, a little bit of one back, a little bit of empty, you know, maybe even some, you know, I know their short yardage stuff is the two tight end deal. And so <laughs> we got our work cut out for us. I don't, you know, these guys, uh, they do such a good job on offense and, um, you know, I, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough to have all that in. Um, but, you know, we're going to have to be prepared for it. And, you know, maybe the weather will be a factor. I don't know. Um, so during the week, you got to kind of set yourself up uh, for situations that during the game you can adjust and, it's not something that you're just drawing in the dirt on the sidelines. It's something that you've actually worked on in practice and you just immediately get to it, you know, switching a personnel group or switching, you know, a call. And so that's a long way of a long version of answering that question. But I think you got to kind of prepare for everything so that you, so that the adjustments are a little bit, easier to get to on Friday nights. I hope that makes sense. I believe it. It absolutely did, Coach. Uh, we talked about the last time, three weeks ago, as you, as you mentioned, that you guys met in Baxter. Your team uh, was got, got up for that game, right? They had had it circled. Yep. They were ready for it, emotional about it, and they came out and played like it. This time around, you figure on Stone Memorial probably being the team that comes into this with a hefty amount of emotional tie and motivation. How do you kind of talk to your team about tempering that initial emotion and expectation, knowing it's only been three weeks? And like you mentioned, the last time out, uh, they didn't have their best day, and they know that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, there, there might be a team that really – that really rides the emotion and, and that sort of thing. I, I don't know. I can't really speak for them. I do know, uh, you know, our guys, you know, m- maybe it was, you know, been it, it had been on our mind and that sort of thing. But eventually you got to, you got to line up and, and play the game. And, 
we we constantly talk about you know playing with some emotion um but not playing emotional and um I, I think that was the key for us the last time we played is we were able to make some plays, especially early on, and our guys, you know, got um, – showed some emotion, you know, uh, celebrating with each other and that sort of thing. I don't know that the whole thing was was fueled by how much, you know – how much of emotion we were playing with or this, that, and the other. I think it was caused by the fact that we were making good plays. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the stuff about this, you know, whatever, the bulletin board material and all that kind of stuff, it really gets overblown because – you know, if you're not making the plays and executing the plays you want, you need to make, then it's it's kind of pointless. And so, I, I think what we try to do is really uh, focus our time and energy on execution and doing our job. And and when things play out um, and we make plays, we try to celebrate those things and then line line back up and go again. I think you know when when things are before the game and after the game, people, you know, tend to be emotional and say things that this is why we did this and that. But I I think, honestly, I think a lot of that's overblown. I know it is with my team. Um, We were excited and ready to play. And I know, you know, our fans were ready the last time, but it was really just kind of us being being prepared mentally to, to execute. Um, you know, I think it'll be a big environment and a big game. And, and uh, you know, our guys have showed up and, and competed, embraced the competition every Friday. So I'm hoping that this week will be no different. Thank you to head coach Adam Kane as the Bees get set to host the Stone Memorial Panthers Friday night on Sports Radio 104.7. Coverage will begin at around 640 with Upperman baseball coach Wes Shanks and, of course, our own Devin Hoke on the call for the ball game. Thank you as well to the Panthers head coach Derek Samber joining us in segment six and, of course, all of our other coaches tonight from Scott Hughes to Steve Trapp, Taylor Hennigan, uh, Derwin Wright and Bruce Lamb all joining us tonight. Want to remind everyone one more time: uh, we've got more from Adam Kane, from Scott Hughes, from Derek Samber. So make sure to go back and listen to the podcasted version of tonight's program. For now, though, I'm Colin Castleberry. Thank you guys, each and every one of you, for listening. Uh, this has been the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders.